1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 68th episode of the Packaday podcast. My name is Andy Herman. I am a writer for Cheesehead TV. You can follow me on Twitter at Scotty Sports. Uh, of course, you can follow our podcast on Twitter as well at Packaday Podcast. But today we are going to be breaking down Green Bay's 22 to nothing win over the Buffalo Bills. And I am incredibly excited to be joined by the tremendously talented Aaron Underwood. Erin is a writer for Acme Packing Company. Uh, she does a lot of work on Relish, which she's going to talk about in a little bit. Uh, she is a content editor for the Pac-12 Network. She's a former content editor for Bleacher Report. You can, of course, follow her on Twitter at Aaron B. Underwood. And uh, she was incredibly nice enough to join us today to talk a little bit of Packers Bills on her busiest day of the week. So, Aaron, thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing today?
2: Hey, Andy. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm doing great. How are you?
1: I'm fantastic. Thanks so much. I know this is a very busy day and a very busy time for you. Uh, I'm hoping you were able to to catch the majority of the Packer game today. Oh, of course. I always have it on. All right. Excellent. So we're going to obviously be breaking that down. I'm, I'm incredibly excited to be talking with you. I've followed your work for a while and uh, your writing on Acme Packing Company is fantastic and it's a must read every single week. So, so excited to be able to talk with you today. But uh, before we kind of jump into the game, the, the 22-0 uh, sort of beat down of the Buffalo Bills, I just kind of want to gather your story a little bit. Anytime we ever have a guest on, just always like to get your story, kind of how you got involved in sports and how you kind of grew up a Packer fan.
2: Yeah, so I actually I live in San Francisco now, but I grew up in Appleton. So I've been kind of a lifelong Packer fan. I had a small stint as a child as a Titans fan, which my dad was nice enough to put up with. But of course, living in Appleton, I came over to the the promised land and became a Packer fan. But so I grew up just a Packer fan. Obviously, I think my fandom became even stronger when I moved out of Green when I moved out of the Wisconsin area. Um, just because I had to have more of an attachment to Wisconsin through the Packers. So, yeah, I've been a lifelong Packer fan, huge Packer fan. And it's nice to live out here because there are actually a lot of Packer fans, too. So when I get to go out and watch the games when I'm not working, there are a lot of uh, nice Packer bars over here and some great fans. So, yeah.
1: Excellent. And what's what's the uh, go-to Packer bar in San Francisco
2: so I recently found one out here called Greens. I don't know if it's actually a Packer bar, but a lot of Packer fans tend to to go there. And then I heard that there's one called Hair of the Dog, ironically. Okay. Sure. <laughs> uh, I haven't been to that one yet, but I know that there are a lot of Packer fans there too.
1: All right. Perfect. Uh, What is the cheese curd and old fashioned situation in San Francisco?
2: (laughs) Oh, it's not good. I'm telling you, I went to this bar a couple weeks ago and got an old fashioned and it was just nothing close to what you can get in Wisconsin. And the Bloody Mary situation is not great either, but it's okay. I I make it back to Wisconsin enough to get my Bloody Mary and, and that cheese curd fix.
1: Yeah, it's funny. I actually have a really good friend that lives out in San Francisco and we were there. And uh, we actually we found a bar that had like a, you know, specifically an old fashioned on the menu. And we were pretty pumped and we ordered it and it just was like, it was just nuts. No. 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 <laughs> That, yeah, that's not an old fashioned. That's something totally different. So, well, thanks so much again for joining. Greatly appreciate it. Uh, so, you know, let's jump in right away to 22 uh, nothing Packers. Uh, what was your kind of main takeaway from this game, your recap, and, and who would you give your game ball, uh, you know, for today's game?
2: Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think it was, of course, the Packers' defense is what really owned the game. And it's, in my opinion, it's kind of nice to be able to talk about the defense just because we're always, I, f- I feel like, talking about the offense. We're always talking about Aaron Rodgers and how great that is. So, it's really refreshing refreshing to be able to see the defense actually step up and do something, especially after the last couple of games. So if I could give the game ball to to anyone, it'd be like the entire defense, to be honest. But I think obviously Fackrell had a really nice game with three sacks and no roughing the passer calls, which was a nice change. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it was just a complete domination on defense, which was really, really nice to see.
1: Yeah, it was super refreshing. I agree with you a hundred percent. And I uh, actually, you know, we didn't talk about this ahead of time. I give my game ball to Mike Patton and I just <laughs> thought he uh, was a variety, you know, used a variety of blitzes. He was very aggressive on defense and, you know, I just felt like the Bills offense was about 10 steps behind what he was doing pretty much the entirety of the game. And and, and like you said, it's just a really refreshing thing when, you know, even this year, I thought they've had glimpses, uh, you know, of, of having a, a special type defense at times, but it hasn't been anything consistent in any capacity. So So for them to come out and really completely dominate a game was really refreshing to see.
2: Yeah, exactly. I think you know, like you said, it's been, they've been so up and down this season that the fact that they were just able to dominate completely, especially with a couple of big injuries too, um, was just, it's, it's really nice. And then going back to the offense with the offense being so bad today, um, the fact that the defense was able to step up was really nice to see.
1: Yeah, completely agree. You know, looking at that defensive performance a little bit more, you know, the biggest thing of course, is that they, they held the shutout. They didn't allow any points, but Only 145 yards allowed, which was super impressive. Had the two interceptions and the fumble recovery. I thought, you know, Jair Alexander's interception was a a little bit of a desperation heave, to say the least, from Josh Allen. But Haha Clinton Dix uh, made a really nice play on his interception. I, I thought that was a really impressive play on him. I've been pretty hard on him so far this season, but that was a heck of a play uh, Buffalo's offense, only three of 16 on third down conversions, only 2.6 yards per play. And then as you mentioned, uh, the, the sacks played a huge part as well. They had seven total sacks on the day the Packers defense did led by Kyler Fackrell with three sacks. And then I thought, you know, besides the taking the helmet off penalty by Blake Martinez, uh, he had nine tackles, a sack, two tackles for loss. I thought he was, uh, you know, played a pretty nice game as well. So, you, you know, but you know, you mentioned Fackrell, but what were some other standouts on defense to you?
2: You know, I think just Josh Jackson looked really good. Um, Like you said, Jair Alexander had a really nice game as well with that interception. Ha-ha Clinton Diggs. I am actually a really big fan of Ha-ha Clinton Diggs. Okay. I know a lot of people are kind of hard on him, but that was his third game in a row with an interception. I thought he's made some really nice plays all season. He can be a little bit hit or miss um, every once in a while, but today he looked really good.
1: Yeah, and I, I definitely agree with that fact. Like I said, I've been tough on him, but uh, you know, to get him in a position—that that was a very aggressive play, uh, not you know, to go for the football. We, we saw Kentrell Bryce a couple games ago, where he had a chance to make an aggressive play on the ball, and he kind of let up, saying, "Hey, someone was going to get hurt if I did it." You know, haha, Clint Dix on that play went full out. He he had no regard for any human life, whether it was his or the the opposing receiver, and he went up and made a fantastic play. And you know, I know a lot of us on the podcast have been really hard, and I don't think it's just been us. On Kyler Fackrell as well, who you know came through big with three big sacks today. I'm really excited to be able to go back and look at the tape and mm-hmm. watch Fackrell and watch Ha Ha Clinton Dix and, and and just see you know the safeties and the edge rushers of a whole as a whole have kind of been a glutton for punishment so far earlier in this season. And uh, I felt like those two positions looked a lot better today. And we'll we'll see when the you know the tape breakdowns come out if that was more just the Bills struggling and Josh Allen struggling, but certainly at first glance. It looked like the edge rushers and safeties were in a much better position and much more aggressive today.
2: Yeah, I think it was probably a combination of the two things. The Bills obviously were struggling throughout the entire game, but of course the secondary looked really good, which is something we haven't been able to to really say the last couple of years. Um, So I'm hoping that this is something that can stick now through the rest of the season, but we'll see.
1: Yeah. And and I think that's a good point as well. So yeah, you know, maybe Josh Allen wasn't ready. Maybe he wasn't, uh, you know, the best quarterback ever that the Packers have ever faced. I don't think that's an understatement, but you know, Green Bay has faced quarterbacks like that before. I remember Josh Freeman when he made his first start for Tampa Bay and uh, he didn't exactly go on to have this Hall of Fame career. And he completely came out, had a great game, and, uh, and beat the Packers on that day. So just because you're playing a, a below-average quarterback who may not be NFL-ready quite yet, it doesn't mean that it's a, an automatic win by any stretch of the imagination. So yes, it was nice that they, they weren't going against a, a Tom Brady or a Drew Brees or even a Kirk Cousins today, but th- they took care of business when they needed to.
2: Yeah, and I think that this is just really nice momentum for them going into the next game too. 100%
1: agree. So now kind of switching gears a little bit and taking a look at the offense. You know, before the game started, Randall Cobb was ruled inactive, as was Justin McCray. Uh, I don't think either were a huge surprise since neither of them practiced on Saturday. Uh, So they weren't 100% on offense, but I thought Rodgers looked a little bit more spry and and agile today than he had in the last couple games with that knee injury. Had Brian Bulaga available, which it looked like that was going to be the case, but he was questionable going in. Uh, overall, it, it was a really interesting day to, to kind of break down. They, they had 423 total yards of offense, but only 22 points, two touchdowns, and it just never felt great. It, it just really always felt like uh, they could have done way more. Th- this had the feeling of a game where when your defense plays that well and you have Aaron Rodgers, that it should be like 42 to nothing or, you know, or something in that regard. So 22 yeah. just, just kind of felt like they fell a little bit flat.
2: Yeah. And I think Aaron Rodgers quote after the game was that he said it should have been 45 points and 600 yards. So he obviously was feeling the same kind of way. Um, numbers wise, I mean, you look at it. Yeah. Like he said, 423 total yards, a couple of touchdowns. Like it looked like a good game on paper, but it just never felt like it was really good. I think in my opinion, the drop balls were probably a big thing. There was a couple of drops by Geronimo that could have probably added to the score a little bit. That's probably where they were missing Randall Cobb because he doesn't usually drop stuff like that. But yeah, overall it was just a really kind of weird day on on offense.
1: Yeah, and it just seems the the rhythm has just been a, an issue, uh, you know. At least the last couple of games for sure, and there's been the drop passes. You know, the last couple of games, I thought Rogers has missed some open receivers as well, which is is odd. I don't know if that's a lack of practice or just the knee bothering him, or uh, just a few errant throws that you know where he's trying to get in rhythm with his receivers still. But just that rhythm hasn't been there, and, and kind of going back to those Aaron Rodgers quotes, a couple of the ones that he mentioned today, he said we were a championship level defense. And a non playoff team level on offense. They said the performance was quote not acceptable. Um, and they, uh, he ultimately said that they had to find a way to get the ball in the hands of their playmakers more. And it really kind of seemed like he wanted to get the ball to Jimmy Graham and Devontae Adams a little bit more and was kind of a little upset that maybe they weren't in better positions to do that. Overall, Rodgers ended 22 for 40 with 298 yards, one touchdown, one interception, certainly not one of his best performances. Uh, how how would you kind of rate Rodgers' performance and just kind of the passing offense as a whole today?
2: Yeah, I, I think as a Rodgers performance, not great. As a regular quarterback performance, probably pretty decent. But we, unfortunately, this year haven't really been able to see him full at full health other than, what, one quarter of the entire season. So we really don't know if the lack of rhythm is due to his injury or if it's just because they're just not finding rhythm on offense. I think, you know, obviously going to the ground game too, Aaron Jones was huge today, which was really nice. But it was, yeah, like you said, just a very weird day. And I think Aaron Rodgers, I'm not sure if the... His comments after the game were little digs at McCarthy or not, but it kind of felt like maybe he's just getting a little bit frustrated with the play calling, which we all are. Um, A lot of like really bad play calling on third and long is frustrating too. Um, So I completely agree with the things that he was saying that it's just a very weird day on offense.
1: Yeah, speaking of which, uh, Pete Doherty, uh, you know, for Packers News, which is kind of Press Gazette Journal Sentinel, uh, he came out with an article just a little bit ago that's, you know, the title was Potential McCarthy Rodgers Rift Requires Resolution. So mm-hmm. he, he definitely picked up on, you know, there being maybe a little bit of a rift there. And it mm-hmm. did seem like he was potentially kind of calling out the play calling in, in particular today. So I, that was definitely interesting. And I think that's definitely going to be a point of discussion, at least through the next few days here.
2: Yeah, it's, I think something too that we talk about every season is like what's going on with McCarthy and Rogers. And Aaron Rodgers is never someone to come out and say like, he, he's not going to just slam McCarthy or slam anybody on the team flat out. He just doesn't do that. So I think it, it is going to be interesting to see how things transpire through the rest of the season. Because like I've said to a couple of people is if the Packers can't make it you know, pretty far in the playoffs this year into the Super Bowl, McCarthy could be on the chopping block only because now we've been dealing with this for so long. So yeah, I I definitely am interested to see what's gonna happen to the next couple of games with the play calling and with the partnership with McCarthy and Rogers.
1: Yeah, I agree with you on that point. I I, I've basically said that there's four potential outcomes to this season: a Super Bowl win a heartbreaking playoff loss, a devastating Aaron Rodgers injury, so everyone gets a pass again, or Mike McCarthy's fired, meaning they didn't make the playoffs and uh, Rodgers was healthy, which to me would be the end of the Mike McCarthy era. I just think something has to change at that point. But, you know, obviously there's a lot of season left, and we'll see how that plays out. You brought up uh, Aaron Jones a little bit earlier. 11 carries, 65 yards, a touchdown, had another catch for 17 yards. And really, you know, I like – You know, both Jamal Williams and Ty Montgomery, I I think they're both really solid backs but this is nothing new today. Aaron Jones basically averaged six yards a carry on the ground. Had again, another catch for 17 yards. Meanwhile, Jamal Williams, who I thought ran hard, but 11 carries, 27 yards, 2.45 yards per carry Montgomery, five carries, 18 yards, 3.6 yards per carry. And he also had the fumble that was, you know, thankfully recovered by green Bay, but that could have been, you know, probably not a huge game changer, but it certainly could have swung momentum a little bit, but you know, Aaron Jones has shown multiple times now that he is a playmaking back. He's going to have, you know, huge runs. He had another 30 plus yard run today. He runs hard. He had the touchdown, which wasn't, you know, he had to run through the safety on that play. It just seems I've said for a while now, Aaron Jones needs at least at minimum 15 touches a game. He came close to that with 12, but it just seems that he needs to be a much more focal part of this offense. What are your thoughts?
2: Yeah. From an outsider's perspective, I mean, I think all of us can sit here and say that Aaron Jones, it should be the number one back. We don't see why he's not. And it's obvious, you know, you start the game with a 30 yard run. He started last week with a 10 yard run. So He is the most explosive running back that they have. But I know through the entire summer and through this season, McCarthy has been pretty adamant that he wants to stick with the three backs. And I understand because all three of them have, like you said, different skill sets. But it's obvious that when Aaron Jones is on the field, it's just a different type of explosion on offense. It gives Aaron Rodgers a little bit of a break. They're able to use him in in different sets. So I I would love to see Aaron Rodgers more or Aaron Jones more. I know a lot of people would love to see Aaron Jones more. So I'm really hoping that next week he will get 15 carries. That would be awesome to
1: see. Yeah, very much. So. I thought it was interesting too. you know, in that third quarter, they had the lead, they had the ball, the Bills showed nothing on offense. And mm-hmm. uh, it just seemed like it was going to be one of those times where they were going to be able to maybe bring in a Mercedes Lewis and an Aaron Jones, run some two tight end stuff and and go a little bit run heavy. And it just never kind of went that way. And I just thought it was a little bit perplexing because there was never any risk of the Bills kind of putting up a ton of points. So it seemed like the perfect opportunity to, to kind of get your run game going and get some of those guys a little bit more acclimated, but they, they just didn't go that direction. They, they I believe through it uh, again, over 40 plus times, only ran about 20 times. So there was definitely that discrepancy there again, even in a game where it seemed like there could be a potential to run the ball a heck of a lot more.
2: Yeah, I think they did run a little bit more in the fourth quarter, but like you said, it would have been a really good opportunity for them to get the run game going and even just get Aaron Jones a few more touches since he was out the first two games of the season and really just kind of get his, get him, get him going, you know, like it would have been really nice to see that. So yeah, like I said, hopefully they'll look back at the tape and they'll use him more next week, but I guess we'll have, we'll have to see.
1: Yeah, so a couple other quick thoughts on offense. Uh, Jimmy Graham had his first touchdown. Marquez Veldes-Scantling had the nice 38-yard catch down the sideline. Uh, Ty Montgomery escaped for a 43-yard catch as well, which was nice to see. And I think one of maybe the unsung heroes of this game, at least on first watch, and another player I'm excited to watch the tape on this week was Byron Bell. And really the biggest thing is I didn't hear his name once, which is a, a guard who's coming in as a backup. That's a really good thing. And even even through the course of the, the past three, four weeks, you know, Justin McCray, you kind of noticed in there, uh, you know, whether good, bad or indifferent. Uh, Byron Bell, I thought was fairly unnoticeable today, which is a good sign.
2: Yeah, I would agree with you there.
1: So uh, kind of getting to some of the injuries today, Geronimo Allison had the concussion, Jair Alexander had the groin injury, neither of them, at least the groin injury doesn't seem to be too serious. It sounds like uh, Jair was kind of running around and celebrating with his team and he said that he'd be ready for practice on Wednesday. So that'd be a really great sign. I know they, they kind of played without him and really played two corners and a bunch of safeties through the a lot of that second half. And then uh, again, Geronimo Allison with a concussion. He did not come back, of course, if he had the concussion, but uh, Jamon Moore, Marquez Valdez-Scantling uh, got more playing time in the second half outside of the the, the catch by MVS uh, up the sideline, which was really nice. He did kind of double catch it a little bit, but overall really nice play for him. He was also involved in the play that was almost a pick six. I don't, did you get a good look at that to see if that was more on Rodgers or more on MVS? It sounded like he was maybe upset afterwards.
2: Yeah, I didn't get a good enough look at it, so I can't, I'd can't. have to go back and check.
1: Yeah, I didn't either, unfortunately. I'll have to kind of review that as well. I, from what I've heard, it sounded like Rodgers was pretty upset at him after the play, so usually that's a pretty good indicator that it was probably something to do with MBS, but uh, th- that'll be something worth looking a little bit more at. Uh, any other overall thoughts on today's game?
2: No, I think the biggest thing you know, is just going to be making sure that Aaron Rodgers is feeling good next week um, at the Packers' do a little bit more on offense, some better play calling, better especially on third down. So yeah, overall just really impressive with the defense, uh not so impressed with the offense, but you know that you'll have that.
1: Yeah, so a, a couple, you know, I guess one major final thought for me and I think it comes down to you know watching this team from previous seasons and watching this team this season. One of the things that I felt they did really well in, in earlier in McCarthy's career and, and when they were, you know, kind of making their Super Bowl appearance and things like that was playing really complimentary football. When your defense was going really, really strong, they would run the ball more, they would use more quick pass sets. They would you know, really use the run to set up the pass. Even if the run wasn't going great, they would try to try to work that out a little bit more. And then vice versa. When the offense was going great, they would get the quick lead. They would try to put up some explosive points. And then they'd really bring the pressure on defense. And uh, it just hasn't seemed to me that whether it's been an overall rhythm, offense, defense, special teams, or whatever the fact may be, it just doesn't seem like they've played very complimentary football uh, in that standpoint. And, and I guess what I mean in this game was, and I kind of touched base based on it a little bit earlier, but the defense was playing phenomenal. In fact, the, the biggest chance for Buffalo really to score all game, at least a touchdown, was on the almost pick six by the offense. And it just seemed like this was a game where your defense was carrying, carrying you and uh, to, to, to kind of get out there, run the ball a little bit more, uh, play a little bit more complimentary and not put yourself in a position to maybe turn the ball over or give up points on offense when your defense is playing that well.
2: Yeah, I think it kind of also goes back to the Packers, just conservative mentality. They have a tendency to, of course, be very conservative. And when they were up by 22 points, I think they were just kind of thinking like, you know, stick with the game plan, stick with the game plan. But that would have been a really good opportunity to try some new things, um, especially because the defense was playing so well. There really was never, like you said, a chance for Buffalo to get back in the game. Um, so that would have been a really good opportunity for them to try a couple different things, especially with the running backs, too.
1: Yeah, so I think that kind of wraps up our, our thoughts on on the Bills and Packers today. Obviously, we'll know a lot more once we're able to kind of watch the tape a little bit more and kind of get a little bit more review on things. And of course, uh, the rest of the guys on the podcast will be breaking it down and gals. Sorry, Janelle, she'll be on, I believe, this week as well. Uh, so uh, they'll be breaking it down more heavily this week. But uh, early, early uh, thoughts on Detroit and Green Bay. Detroit lost today, kind of a little bit of a heartbreaker to Dallas. They are now 1-3 on the season. Uh, Green Bay is an early 1.5-point favorite or 1.5-point favorite against Detroit on the road. Uh, early thoughts on, on the game coming up this week?
2: Yeah, you know, always going on the road is not easy, especially for a divisional game. So it's going to be a tough matchup no matter what. I think the Packers are coming off a really good game. The Lions are obviously coming off kind of a heartbreaking loss, but just one of the things to watch is going to be the rushing defense. on Johnson, of course, was really good. Um, and then the Lions have a really good little trio of receivers there too. So if the defense can play like they did today, I think that one's probably a lock. <laughs>
1: Yeah, you know, on Johnson, like you said, looked really good. Golden Tate looked uh, explosive again today as well, uh, from what I saw of that game. So they're, they're always going to be a, a tough opponent on the road for sure. And uh, as long as Stafford's the quarterback, it's going to be a, a tough game to win. I think this is an opportunity to kind of give a little bit of a kill shot to Detroit. They're now one and three on the season, and a loss, you know, next week would put them at one and four, and really put them behind the eight ball, especially with a division that includes Green Bay, the way Chicago's playing, and I fully expect Minnesota to bounce back as well. So I think that would really be kind of a little bit of an early dagger for them. Where on the flip side, if they're able to win that game you know, it's probably something to hold their hat on that they now would have wins against Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, maybe could rally, uh, you know, after that a little bit, and uh, they'd only be a game away from 500 football. So I think that's really a a game changing or a season changing game for the the Detroit Lions coming up this Sunday.
2: Yeah, totally, especially early in the season too. If the Packers can pull that one off, I think they're sitting pretty well because the week after I believe they play the Niners at home, which is an easy game as well. So it'd be great if they could get a win next week.
1: Yeah, if they can take care of business when their next two and before the the really tough part of the schedule starts, that'd be great. And I think one of the players that could really really help next week against Detroit would be Randall Cobb. It's -hmm. going to be tough to tell at this point how serious his injury was. You know, it's not a great sign that he wasn't able to practice Sunday or practice Saturday or play Sunday. And, uh, you know, but getting him back, hopefully next week would be a a huge win for the offense. Same thing with Geronimo. I think if they have to go into that game, you know, somehow without Cobb or Geronimo, I think that would change things quite a bit. So they'd have to get a lot more creative on offense. So those injuries are certainly going to be something to keep an eye on as uh, this week goes on.
2: Totally. But maybe we could see more Aaron Jones that way.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Hey. There you go. That would be maybe a blessing in disguise a little bit. <laughs> All right. So, a couple of other really quick thoughts. Uh, Earl Thomas was carted off today. So, for anyone that was kind of hoping for that uh, Green Bay Packer Earl Thomas trade to happen, even though there was never really a true rumor out there. Uh, that probably looks like it's gone, and then the I, th- I thought the other big takeaway today uh, was the Bears. You know, the they've been playing phenomenal defense, but the uh, I think kind of the reigning thought had been, well, it's fine. Their defense is great. Their special teams fine, but they still have Mitch Trubisky at quarterback, and I'm not really afraid at this point. Well, today he went off, 19 of 26, 354 yards, six touchdowns. No interceptions in a 48-10 to 10 win against Tampa. Uh, Aaron, just how uh, worried are you about Chicago at this point?
2: Man, what a game. Mitch Trubisky was absolutely impressive. I think I had said someone he did his best Fitzmagic impression today because he just looked unbelievable. I think it's hard to say because they were playing against the Buccaneers. Of course, the Buccaneers are not great. It could have just been one of those fluke games. But the Bears defense is no joke. You know, Khalil Mack is absolutely no joke, and I'm definitely, especially with them leading the division right now, a little bit more worried than I was if you would have asked me two weeks ago. I think that they could be more of a serious contender than I had originally than I had originally thought.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. And I thought they were, you know, maybe on that eight and eight to nine and seven, you know, precipice uh, with their their roster the way it was with Trubisky at quarterback, and uh, you know, now kind of looking back these past three weeks and how they played Green Bay for the majority of that first week. I think they, you know, they've got a really, really strong defense, as you mentioned. And if Trubisky plays anywhere near that level, I mean, anywhere near that level, you, you know, you're not expecting six touchdowns and 354 yards every week out of him. But if he can just eliminate the mistakes that he made the first three weeks and be accurate with the football when needed, they're a completely different team. And yeah, it's just Tampa, but uh, that that was an impressive performance today.
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean, look what the Eagles did with defense last year and how they got to the Super Bowl, won the Super Bowl. So I think, yeah, it, they're definitely a scary team and scarier than I was anticipating. Um, and it's probably a team to keep an eye on
1: down the road. Unquestionably. All right, Aaron, uh, tell us a little bit about where we can find your work and how we can follow you.
2: Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter. Like you said, at Aaron B. Underwood. Um, I post most of my writing on there. And then the Relish, there's a link in my bio if you want to follow the Relish as well, which is that women's sports company that you had mentioned before. Um, so yeah, all of my stuff is mostly on my Twitter. It's the best place to find me.
1: All right. Well, Erin does absolutely phenomenal work definitely make sure to follow her again on Twitter at Aaron B Underwood. Uh, thank you so much for joining today. It's been an absolute pleasure talking with you. And I, again, I think your work's fantastic and, and keep up the amazing work that you're doing. And we would love to have you back at any time.
2: Oh, well, thank you. That's so nice. I'd love to come back.
1: All right. Perfect. Well, again, thanks so much for joining. Uh, it's been amazing. You can, of course, follow us on Twitter at, at Packaday Podcast. Uh, you can now follow us also on Facebook and uh, make sure to you know like us and subscribe wherever you can, wherever you find your podcasts. We certainly appreciate all of you guys listening every day. Uh, it's been absolutely phenomenal, uh, you know, getting the numbers in and seeing how many you know people are listening. Just absolutely blows us away. So we're we're so grateful for the supporters that we have. I'm so grateful for Aaron joining us today. Aaron, thanks so much again. As always, go Pack,
0: go. Six seconds to go. Ball just outside of the four. Roger shotgun looks to his right. Snap to a rod. Throws. Right- side. Yes. yes! Touchdown! And a dagger! Back dagger to Andrew Paulus on the right side! Aaron pointing to the right now. Gets the snap. Looking. Throws left side of the end zone. Leaping right yes. to Manta Adams. Yes! Takes Green Bay! A spectacular throw throwing catch to the left side of the end! from the 42, New York. Fourth down and two. snapped a rock Looking downfield, scrambles right. Now winds up, rainbows into the end zone, it is caught the end zone. touchdown,
3: Green Bay!